Let me invite you now to grab a Bible and open it to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 25. And while you're finding it, let me mention three quick things. First of all, uh, I've got a suggestion for your afternoon activities. If you're interested, if you're uh, bored in a, a dreary, rainy Sunday afternoon and don't want to watch the Cincinnati Bengals take on the Tampa Bay Bucks, woo. Um, go to the movie. Um, uh, there is a movie on, as you may know, uh, entitled Gosnell. And uh, I went to see it yesterday, and there's a, there's a 2.30, 2.45 showing and a 5 o'clock showing. You can go this afternoon. But I left weeping. Um, if you're somewhat on, a, a, um, on the fence about whether or not you're pro-choice or pro-life or you're, you're confused about women's reproductive rights and all that business, go. I dare you. I think you'll walk, off, walk out with at least some information on which you can base a thoroughgoing decision. It's worth, it's worth your time and um, hope that you'll um, take me up on my suggestion. Secondly, you know that this is the month. If you've ever want, asked, I wonder how those elders at Grace Evan uh, get, uh, get chosen. I, I bet you it's Jimmy Young who appoints them. No, Jimmy Young doesn't. Uh, you do. You nominate, you elect. This is the month. These cards are the, the instrument that you must use just to write their names on and sign it. So if you're interested, if you're a member here and want to nominate a man for the office of elder, these blue cards are available to you, and you can grab one up here before, on your way out. Now, finally, guys, on uh, I think it was September the 29th, I think, it was a Saturday, I taught a GG course entitled An Antidote to Chaos. Um, among all of the subjects that are included, one of them is the topic of homosexuality. As you can imagine, it was well attended. It was, um, uh, it was fun to do, and, um, but I was approached uh, by the staff, actually, on Tuesday morning and telling me that I needed to do it again uh, so that the audience that is not available on a Saturday morning because of their soccer and football games, that uh, they might be available uh, on another, at another time. So, this Thursday night at 5.30 to 7.30, we'll do it again. Now, here's, here's, the, here's the deal. At 5 o'clock, we will have a pizza supper for you. Uh, we'll ask you to throw in a couple of bucks. But we'll have a pizza and drink for you uh, if you're coming straight from work. You can grab a piece of pizza, sit down, and we're going to start at 5.30. We have child care that is available. It's free. But you must register if you want to take advantage of either of those things. If you want the child care, if you want the supper, you're going to have to go online and, and register. Um, it, it, we just have to know how to staff the, the child care. But if you would like to hear me babble on, uh, on and on a couple hours on some pretty important subjects facing not only the culture but the church come be with us thursday night now let me let me add this p.s mother and dad you are welcome to bring your children but i want to warn you 
there are parts of this that are very raw. So don't bring them in there. If you're not prepared for them to hear that which is raw. You know, I I get my jaw jacked about uh, once or twice a year about saying things because my kids were in here. Guys, we have a junior church. But if um, if you're going to bring them, I just want to tell you now. Um... There will be a couple of things said that are um, scary. <laughs> and, I, and I wanted to give you a heads up before you came. Thursday night, 5.30. We'll start right at 5.30 and we'll be out by 7.30. So you can get your kids home, get them in bed, hopefully 4.00. We understand it's a school night. Now, with all that said, you follow as I read a portion of God's Word, a portion of this book that's inerrant, infallible, I mean, the book is in air and in fact, all of it is, but I'm going to read you just a portion of it. And it comes from Isaiah 25, beginning at verse 6. I'll read you four verses. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well-refined. And he shall swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations, he will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, and the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, Behold, this is our God, We have waited for him that he might save us. This is the Lord we have waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. The grass withers and the flower fades. But not the words of this book. No, no. These words endure forever. Guys, I hope you notice that while I was reading those four verses, I hope you notice what the prophet is doing, the prophet Isaiah. He is describing a redemptive event, something that is going to take place on a mountain. Um, and he likens that redemptive event to a feast. Did you see it? He mentions a feast a couple of times. And then he tells you, when he, as he's describing this feast in 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 symbolic language he says that this feast is not going to be just any feast it is going to be the feasts of all feasts and this is how he does it he talks first about the food the food is not going to be shabby no 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 it's going to be rich food and you'll notice in the text that he talks about even the meat portion he says that the meat is going to be the best cuts of meat. It's going to be full of marrow. It's going to be the best meat that that can be found. And then he talks about wine. And he says the wine is going to be, um, it's going to be well-aged wine. Not just uh, any old cheap ripple. We're going to have well-aged wine. And then he, he even goes further. 
He says that well-aged wine is going to be well-aged, refined wine. Now, guys, do you see what he's trying to do? He's, He's saying that this event that is going to take place, that is going to swallow up this veil that is over all peoples, that veil being, of course, death, He likens this redemptive event that will take place on this mountain to a feast. The creme de la creme of all feasts. That's what's going to happen on this mountain. It will be, in essence, a feast to end all feasts. It will be the best of the best. So, when this prophecy came to pass, what was it? What was it that was the fulfillment of the prophet's language describing a feast? (laughs) It was a person. That thing that took place on that mountain was inaugurated and carried out by a person the only begotten the only beloved son of god he was the main dish and 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 by the way you do know that it is jesus himself who says that we must eat his flesh he says that in john 6 but of course associated with his person never to be separated from his person is his work his work um that thing that is the best of the best is a person and his work this complete and total satisfaction substitutionary atonement imputed righteousness And all, what are that, all of that means for us is that, you know, whereas I used to be guilty, I'm now pardoned. You see, because this feast that is going to take place is going to be of such consequence, of such value, that guilty people are going to be pardoned. And that people who were dressed in filthy rags are going to have those removed and they're going to be replaced by these white robes. And whereas I used to be a child of wrath, not anymore. No, no. I'm accepted in the beloved and adopted into the family of God. We who used to be far off are brought near, set free from the bondage of The law, that law that always condemned me, can condemn me no longer. This God that used to be my feared judge is now my my merciful father. In all of those, those, that darkness in which I used to live, now I've been transferred from a kingdom of darkness into a kingdom of light. And then then the cherry on the top, But this grand and glorious feast is the discovery that not only is my sin forgiven, 
and I'm pardoned and set free. No more. No, no, I mean, not, not just that. No, I've been brought into union. Union with Christ. That's the rich food. That's the, the meat full of marrow. That's the well-aged, refined wine. All of that, that language that the prophet uses to describe a feast is supposed to give you some idea of the richness of what's going to take place on that mountain. You know, unfortunately, in the 21st century evangelical world, we take all of that stuff, that, that imputed righteousness and substitutionary atonement and, and complete justification and all that. We take all of that, we, we, we lump it into this category of doctrine, of theology. And you know, we're not, we're not really that interested in, in that theology stuff. But in the mind of the prophet, that stuff is a feast. And he says, in essence, come take a seat at the table and dive in. Bring a couple of forks because the richness here is beyond measure. Bring a lot of napkins because this meal is one to be devoured. I'm inviting you to another table on which is spread a feast. A feast which symbolizes all of that richness of justification and imputed righteousness and atonement but it also is a reminder a reminder that Jesus Christ himself said you must eat of my flesh and drink of my blood here it is Come dive in. Our Father, uh, would you remind your people that the great fulfillment of all prophetic utterance is a person in his work. That this prophet Isaiah is pointing to Christ and him crucified. And that what he will ultimately provide for his people is, a, is an eternal feast. One where we will continue to, one which we will continue to enjoy over and over again as we, um, as we come to learn and enjoy and appreciate more the great beauty of what Christ accomplished. Now, Father, would you meet your people here And would you help them feast?
We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.